the residents living near a tributary of the Yangtze River have clambered along the dry riverbed. They heard about the appearance of a once-submerged island in the Yangtze River. A trio of Buddhist statues reappeared after 600 years. I saw in the newspaper that it is from 600 years ago, the Ming and Qing dynasty. I think this is very precious. It's like the Beiheyang in Fuyang, which was submerged in the Yangtze River and got protected by glass for people to visit. I'm not sure if this one would be the same. I don't think we will see it again when the water level comes back, so I'm here to see it. This is a culture that our ancestors have left us. mi isla quedar bajo el fondo del mar creo que sería un impacto muy fuerte para mí mucho dolor el agua del mar la marea las mareas tan fuertes y ahora entran hasta las calles de las islas porque ahora mismo ellas están entrando más. Nosotros tenemos que salir de las islas, vamos a buscar tierra firme. No, nuestro pueblo, Cartizo y tiene un proyecto de ya de haber hecho 300 casas para, en la tierra firme para que nosotros podamos irnos. Hemos luchado, casi ya tenemos más de 10 años luchando en eso. El gobierno nos ha apoyado, pero no el 100%. Nosotros mismos hemos tenido que ir a limpiar parte del terreno en tierra firme para poder hacer que nos construyan nuestras casas. La vida aquí es tranquila. Nosotros tenemos una buena alimentación a base de puras comidas naturales y el pescado que sacamos del mar. Yo pienso que sería muy triste para mí y para todas las personas que viven en Cunayala ver sus islas debajo del mar. Hay dos cosas que necesitamos enfocar. Tratar de hacer lo que podemos como país para reducir los impactos del cambio climático. And that's really important that we do that because we're asking the rest of the world to do that. And you can see the extreme weather events we're experiencing as a result of a warming climate. But the second thing we need to do is prepare. Uh, we're doing national adaptation planning at present, but we also need to, to go down and look at how that will play out at a local level. At the moment, we're seeing these uh, in quick succession. 
you know, how many times have we all heard the words one in 100 year event? Uh, they are becoming more frequent. I mean, you see, you see the scale of the damage and what it's done to people's homes, uh, and it is devastating. You can't can't imagine uh, you know, coming coming back after being evacuated in a hurry, um, fearing probably for your own family's safety, and then coming back and seeing for the first time what's happened to your home and uh, and all of your worldly belongings. It's very hard to imagine what that would feel like. So this is central Nelson, and. Um, yeah, it's not looking good. This is from the footbridge at the end of Hardy Street. And that's Avon Terrace. Probably not a good day to come to the river kitchen, as the river is pretty much heading for the kitchen. So this is the Mai Tai in town. It goes right through the middle of Nelson. And uh, yeah, she's over at Banks, all right? None does so on a greater scale and more aggressively than this. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top U.S. infectious disease official who became the face of America's COVID-19 pandemic response under Presidents Donald Trump and Joe Biden, announced he is stepping down in December after more than five decades of public service. Fauci, whose efforts to fight the pandemic were applauded by many public health experts, even as he was vilified by Trump and many on the right, will be leaving his posts as chief medical advisor to Biden and as the director of the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Fauci, who is 81, has headed the institute since 1984. In a statement released Monday, Fauci said that, quote, while I am moving on from my current positions, I am not retiring, echoing what he told Reuters in an interview earlier this month. I will very likely leave the federal government, but not retire. When I leave, I'm not going to go play golf. Fauci on Monday said he planned to, quote, pursue the next phase of my career while I still have so much energy and passion for my field. Fauci has served under seven U.S. presidents, beginning with Ronald Reagan.
U.S. stocks ended sharply lower on Monday as investors fretted about a Federal Reserve gathering later this week in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, when Chair Jerome Powell is expected to reinforce a strong commitment to hiking interest rates to stamp out inflation. The Dow fell more than 600 points, or almost 2 percent. The S&P 500 dropped more than 2 percent, while the Nasdaq fell 2.5 percent. William Houston, chief investment officer at Bay Street Capital Holdings, said given the rough year for stocks, he didn't think Monday's big decline was one investor should be overly worried about. A lot of the down days have been strong down days, so I wouldn't say this is uncharacteristic of what we've been dealing with for this year. We have incremental moves forward, and then we have very strong pullbacks on days that we have down days. But again, compared to what we've seen over the last six weeks, I wouldn't say today is uh, a day of concern. You know, we do have Powell speaking at Jackson Hole uh, at 10 a.m., and so I think that's going to really be the litmus test in terms of how did the week play out. I know it's later in the week, but I think that's what would be a better, a better, a better, a better thing to compare in terms of how the how the markets are actually responding. Mega cap stocks, Amazon, Nvidia, Microsoft, and Tesla all tumbled as the benchmark 10-year U.S. Treasury yield rose past three percent for the first time since July 21st. Meme stocks also took a hit Monday, dragged down by shares of AMC Entertainment, which plummeted about 42% on the day the movie theater chain's preferred stock listing started trading, and after its UK-based rival Cineworld warned of a possible bankruptcy filing. Shares of Ford Motor fell 5% after the automaker said it will cut a total of 3,000 jobs. On the positive side, Signify Health surged following a report on Sunday that United Health Group Amazon, CVS Health, and Option Care Health were all making bids to acquire the company. Tonight, mass arrests in El Salvador continue. The country's president, Nayib Bukele, doubling down on what he has called a war on gangs. The government announcing that at least 50,000 people have been arrested since late March. Arrests that they have then touted across social media for months, using the hashtag war against gangs. And taking to Twitter yet again, this time to say the exception has made it possible to intensify the war against gangs and get thousands of terrorists off the streets. Over 1% of the Salvadoran population has been detained under the state of emergency and is being held without basic rights to defense. This week, Congress extending a state of emergency that was put into place back in March. The decision following a bloody weekend where more than 80 people were killed. It allows the government to arrest anyone they suspect is involved with a gang and suspends their constitutional rights, including the right to an attorney. There's also uh, a demonstrated pattern um, of torture, uh, inhumane treatment, uh, and physical abuse in the prisons. Uh, and as of this moment, Crystal Salar organization has been able to verify 67 deaths of prisoners in custody of the state. Some of those appear to have been uh, who have, have appeared to have died as a result of uh, severe physical abuse. And now the president sharing video of a new mega prison being constructed in a rural town. The government says it's a quote terrorism confinement center that will quote have room for 40,000 terrorists who will be cut off. They say from the outside world. In a recent poll. 
by CID Gallup, Bukele's approval rating is at 86 percent, with many Salvadorians in strong support of his drastic measures. But some worry human rights are being violated and that innocent people are getting caught up in the large-scale raids. A country caught between gang violence and personal freedoms. Cal Perry, NBC News. New evidence that the times, as well as people's smoking habits, are a changing. A new study funded by the National Institutes of Health shows the use of marijuana and hallucinogens among young people, people between 19 and 30, are at all-time highs. This comes as, for the first time ever, more people say they used weed than tobacco cigarettes. CNN's Harry Enten, who usually keeps his eye on politics, has been inhaling some different kinds of numbers today. Uh, Harry, what'd you find? Oh, my God. If I can get through this segment without laughing, it, will, it would be a miracle. Look, uh, have you smoked or ever tried marijuana? Currently, look at this, 16% of Americans say yes. That is an all-time high. You know, we also have this ever-tried marijuana uh, part of the screen. And I want to know, back in October of 1969, just 4% of Americans said they ever tried marijuana. So we've been seeing this continuous uptrend and you can see EverTry now up to 48%. Now, what's really interesting to me is, have you smoked cigarettes in the last week? The trend is going in the exact opposite direction, Jake. So now, just 11% of Americans say they have, in fact, smoked cigarettes in the last week. That's an all-time low. Go back to July of 69. Look at that. It was nearly half the population at 40%. So marijuana smoking, record high. Smoking cigarettes, record low. I, I imagine, Harry, that there's a big divide when it comes to age. And there is a huge divide when it comes to age. So if we go to my age bracket, right, the age 18 to 34, 30% say they currently smoke marijuana. I'm not sure where you fit in, Jake. I'm not going to try and guess. I didn't I'm look it up. I'm 53. I'm there in you the go. middle. There you're in the middle. It's I mean, 16%. The, fact that, the fact that you were wondering about it is offensive. Like, OK, but keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, keep going, keep going. Keep going. If you go to my, my mother's age bracket, it's just 7%. Look at smoke cigarettes in the last week. It's the opposite age pattern. Age 55 and over, 14% say they smoke cigarettes in the last week. Ages 35 to 54, 10. And look at that. In my age bracket, just 8%. So many more people in my age bracket are smoking marijuana than they are smoking cigarettes. And, and how do Americans feel about the idea of legalizing marijuana today? Yeah. Yeah. So, again, this goes with the trend that we saw in the prior slides, more Americans are smoking marijuana, and more than that, more Americans believe it should be legalized. Look at this. In October of 2021, 68%, the vast majority, said they believe that marijuana use should be legal. Go back to October of 1969, it was just 12% of Americans, and we've seen this steady up climb, 31% in September of 2000, and then October of 2011, it was 50-50, and now the clear vast majority believe that marijuana should be legal. Now, compare this to something that I think is interesting on cigarette smoking, right? The vast majority of people believe that smoking cigarettes, at least in your home, should be legal, but make smoking cigarettes illegal in public places. You look back in July of 2001, it was 39%. You look back in July of 2007, 40%. Then all of a sudden, in the last decade, 
We have crossed the majority threshold. Most Americans believe that smoking cigarettes should, in fact, be illegal in public places. And at the same time now, most Americans believe that smoking, or at least being able to smoke marijuana somewhere, should be legal. So very differentiating, differentiating trends. And the age gap really explains a lot of it, Jake. All right, Harry Anton, going one toke over the line for us. Thank you so much. I hear you. Love that song. I hear you. All right. Tonight, an Oklahoma woman is in jail after she managed to slip out of her handcuffs in the back of a police car, obtain an AR-15, and open fire on sheriff's deputies, according to local police. The shocking moments were captured on the car's internal camera and police body cams. On Friday, Grady County Sheriff's deputies performed a welfare check on a woman found crawling around someone's yard while barking, according to the charging documents filed in court. The woman identified herself as 36-year-old Rachel Zion Clay. Police handcuffed her and placed her in protective custody in the back of a police car, according to the court documents. But while deputies were outside the car taking statements from civilians nearby, Clay managed to slip out of her cuffs and access a console in the front seat labeled gun, the undersheriff said in an interview. They say she was then able to load around into the chamber and fire outside the vehicle. Body camera footage released by police show moments shots rang out. Ow! Confusion as deputies try to figure out what just happened. Danny, I'm hit right here. One civilian receiving a wound to the chest. He's later taken to the hospital, according to NBC affiliate KFOR, while the sheriff's deputy is only grazed by the bullet. As the deputies and the wounded bystander take cover and call for backup, more shots ring out. What the heck? Law enforcement expert Cheryl Dorsey weighing in on the incident. Sometimes women are smaller frame and they have uh, the ability to slip their hands through the cuff, even though the cuff may itself be locked. With the arrival of backup begins an hours long standoff as Clay barricades herself in the police car, refusing to emerge. After three and a half hours of negotiations with police and the deployment of an armored breaching vehicle, the woman finally surrenders. If it means saving a life, you take as much time as you need in order to bring this tactical situation to a successful conclusion. Court documents from her arraignment on Monday include notes she allegedly managed to write while barricaded, revealing her disturbed state of mind. Efforts to reach Clay were unsuccessful, and she was not represented by an attorney at her initial court appearance. And it was a compilation of errors. I get that uh, you want to have easy access to a, 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 a AR-15, but not when you have a suspect in your vehicle. Another officer could have and should have been monitoring visually the suspect who was seated behind the car. Clay was charged with three counts of shooting with intent to kill and, according to court documents, is currently being held on $1 million bail. All right. Maya Eaglin joins us now here in studio. So, Maya, is the sheriff's department going to do anything different now? Because obviously this woman seemed to get there pretty fast. Right. So they're actually going to remove that console labeled gun, and they're going to find a new location for those extra weapons and also provide some additional training for their staff. The coronation of a new king of the Zulu people is taking place in the royal palace in the South African town of Nongoma. Thousands of guests are attending the ceremony. Our correspondent, Nomsa Maseko, is there. There has been a lot of legal challenges, public spats, some even embarrassing um, in the lead up to today's uh, traditional coronation. There have been three different factions who have been putting up their preferred candidates about who they think is, deserves to be heir to the throne. But today, the man uh, known as uh, King Misuzu Lugazuelitini will be officially coronated here at his mother's, at his late mother's crawl in uh, Guakangela Mangenga in the royal palace. 
The significance of this role is that even though the king does not hold any political powers, he does, though, have a lot of influence because a fifth of South African citizens are Zulus, about 11 million of those. So it means that if anything happens, he needs to be involved in whatever uh, government decisions are, are made so that he's able to speak to his people so that they can be, uh, you know, making sure that there is just social cohesion um, in this country. He's not the only king, though, that is recognized. There are others in other cultures, including the Venda people who are in north of South Africa. Now, this is the footage that's doing the rounds on social media. She and friends, including Finnish celebrities, are seen dancing and singing. She attracted criticism from opposition parties and told a press conference on Friday, never in my life have I used drugs. At 36 years old, Ms. Marin is the youngest prime minister in the world. The giant Amazon water lily. 